Pablo. What have you been what have you been eating most recently? What have I been eating? What haven't I been eating? Oh, um, so true. So Kate. right. <laughs> uh I had a big fat messy sweaty burrito today. These are a lot of adjectives. Um oh. so it, it's sitting heavy in my stomach in the pit where this movie affected. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, why 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 was the burrito described as sweaty? Where did it come from? Um it's it's a hot day today. Not appropriate burrito weather. Did you prepare did you prepare it yourself? Or is it from a third party distributor? I did. I made some butternut squash cheese. Because you're a big old vegan, right? I'm a big old vegan. Yeah. Ooh, haven't lost your V card, huh? <laughs> Still got it. Parth, um, Guys, the joke is that Parth hasn't that had sex like, before. That's the thing you say about like intercourse. Parth, you gotta have intercourse, bro. I'm telling you. That seemed like a really infor- Trent, informed Trent, description. Trent, what did you, Trent, what did you, um, what, what did, me? Uh, Eat? Save this. Uh, me, I, w- I was at work and at the, at a restaurant and all the cooks are Hispanic and they said, yo, white man, you want, watch it. Yeah, I know. They said, hey, we're ordering tacos. You want us to order you some tacos? I said, fuck yeah. Trent, this is going. This is going good places. Do you not sell tacos? Where do they get their tacos? Because I, I've been eating white people tacos my whole life. <laughs> so let, let's. Oh, they were. Let's get the information from the source. Parth, what about you? Thanks for asking, Trent. Um, I had I made a meatball sandwich for myself. Uh, my mom bought French bread, I think, from Shoprite. I'm not sure, but they bought French bread, and they were like, "You should make yourself a, a nice little sandwich for." lunch and and then i did that it sounds very gave you the materials and you well yeah it i had to heat up the meatballs yeah well i ate fresh guys are we gonna address the elephant like the slogan in in the room the red shirt pod so i know this is i mean i know this isn't a visual medium but both parth and pablo came into uh the call wearing matching red t-shirts and then i put on an equally red t-shirt so this marks our first um red shirt pod but Pablo's red shirt is due to his employment at Target. Yes, it is. Parth and I are unrelated to Target. All right. Should we cut to the intro? Yeah. Is that a thing we want to do? Or... You got more banter uh, in you? I could. No, I, I'm like done. I, I'm always <laughs> having to create these fucking transitions for Trent. Wait, let's move. Just, let, let's I'm, let's move. Oh, my God. From small talk banter. I'm going to kill myself. To Judas and the Black Messiah banter. Ayo. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk our ab- show, where we talk about the movies. Each week, we discuss a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the movie. Last week, we talked with Sam Lysenko, the production designer of what movie is this? Judas and the Black Messiah. And it was two weeks ago because, for circumstances entirely within our control, we uh, we couldn't we couldn't release this discussion last week. This is true, but now here we are. A week later, well, we've over we've overcome the adversity, and here we are in our matching red shirts, ready to pot again. Like you can't see these, but know that we're all red shirted. We're like a stoplight that's impossible to get by. Does this movie have 
a synopsis? Good question. Offered a plea deal by the FBI, William O'Neill infiltrates the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on Chairman Fred Hampton. Um, this movie was nearly called Jesus is My Homeboy. Trent, this had a budget of $26 million, did it not? Yeah, and it made uh, $6.3 million in box office, but um, times were tough, and there was a, you know, a global issue happening. Uh, no further details on that yet, but uh, HBO Max released it for, you know, they did their two-week trial period thing, and uh, so that's why it only made so much money. Part of this movie was nominated for five Oscars, and it won one of them. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor, Times Two, Best Picture, and Cinematography, and Daniel Kaluuya is the only person who won. And this film has a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is that's pretty good. A little bit, yeah. No, it's uh, it's very good. It's kind of so good that it's a little confusing. Trent, shall I give production history? Kenny and Keith Lucas began pitching the idea of a Fred Hampton biopic to A24 and Netflix in 2014, selling it as The Conformist Meets The Departed. While working with Shaka King on a television pilot in 2016, they pitched their idea for this movie, and he became intrigued. Will Burson, a screenwriter, also had written a Hampton screenplay about the same time, and it was in early stages of production with F. Gary Gray in talks to direct, Casey Affleck and John Powers Middleton in negotiations to produce, and Jaden Smith and O'Shea Jackson Jr. being eyed to portray Hampton. That version ended up falling through, so Burson and King rewrote his script with the help of the Lucas brothers. In February 2019, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield were announced to have joined the cast of the movie, with Ryan Coogler producing and Warner Brothers distributing. Principal photography began in Cleveland, Ohio, October 21st, 2019, and lasted for 42 days and ended on December 19th, 2019. Kristen Sprague began editing the movie in January 2020. Prior to dozens of studios being shut down due to COVID-19, and this resulted in crew members working remotely during post-productions. Fun facts. Trent, let's go. Judas and the Black Messiah was the first film with all Black producers to be nominated in the Academy Awards Best Picture category. Director Shaka King's second feature film since Newlyweds 2013, his feature film debut. Lakeith Stanfield went to therapy after portraying William O'Neill. Shaka King described the initial idea as... The Departed, Inside the World of Counterintelligence Program. Uh, quick sidebar. Parth, does our show have any... We, wait, we, uh, The Departed, right? Wink, wink, The Departed. Um, Trent, I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, wink, wink, interview The Departed uh, in several months. Uh, with this film, Daniel Kaluuya becomes the first black British actor to receive multiple Academy Award nominations, and as of 2021, the only one to win the Oscar in an acting category. Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield were portraying the roles at 31 and 29, respectively. However, Fred Hampton was only 21, uh, and William O'Neill was just 17. Um, and in reality, it is unknown if William O'Neill is Spoilers. actually the person who po- Yes, an official spoiler alert. But also, it's kind of weird if you're listening to the pod without having seen the film. Um, go go check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah, they don't know if if William O'Neill was actually the one who poisoned Fred Hampton and last fun fact, which is the least fun of the facts. William O'Neill was found dead on January 15th, 1990 after running into traffic on Interstate 290. He was 40 years old. Through his death, 
Though his death was ruled a suicide, his wife claimed that it was incidental. You mean accidental, uh, Trent? Accidental. Well, uh, O'Neill tried another suicide attempt before the crash, where he stopped from jumping out a second-story window. Though his uncle claimed that he was filled with guilt for working with the FBI, O'Neill claimed in several interviews he had no allegiance to the Black Panther Party. Might have to make a different category for that fact. It can just be called fact. Fact. It can just be called fact because there's one. All right. So spe- speaking of segments of the show, what comes next? That would be three star reviews. My favorite segment. Wait. Shit. Well, I th- I think you Hold mean on. three three one star. Yes. Yeah. I I fucked up. Here to give us our first one star review, we have uh who who do we have? Do we have anybody or no? Pablo Garcia, friend of the show. Hi guys, I'm Pablo Garcia, friend of the show. First we have from Ant Munoz. What website is this from? This, this is from Amazon. Amazon. He, uh, headline, I didn't even watch this movie. Um, so you know it's going to be relevant. The only option is to buy for $19.99. No thank you. By John McKay. And he says, racist movie towards white people. Third review. This is by D Space R from two months ago. Sorry, enough already. Yes, we want African-American history, actors of color, and films today. However, some originality, please. Think Green Book, an Oscar-worthy performance. Yep, isn't that ironic? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Green Book is... Is that not a universally beloved movie about the African-American experience, or am I mistaken? Yeah, there were a lot of other reviews that were just like, yeah, I don't like this movie because socialism, or I don't like this movie because black people. And I was like, wow, really? It's kind of crazy to me that you watched this movie hating black people before and thinking that this movie would change your mind. Well, I think people like the Green Book because it has like the not all whites narrative. That's that's it makes them feel comfortable. People say like, if I if I was alive back then, I wouldn't have been one of those people. They probably would have. This is true. Uh, should we get into our thoughts? Yeah. Um, let's. Pablo, you just had your first viewing, yeah? Yesterday. Uh, did you find it through uh, a savory internet resource? Did you pay the $20 like some of our reviewers weren't willing to? I just I just don't think that this bad boy is available for rental yet. So I'd imagine you might have to dig through some of the seedier parts of the internet. Uh, well, the car in front of me on the highway was playing it, so I watched it through my... <laughs> I see. Through the windshield? My, my windshield, yeah. Wait, you can tell us that you actually saw it. I didn't you know I didn't get all of it, but I get the gist. So, like, they were playing it on their drop-down minivan DVD player, and you just had to follow them through traffic so you could, so you could try to piece together plot points? Uh-huh, yeah. That and you correct. think you had... You have a firm understanding of, uh, of everything that went down, both Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm really good at reading people, so I think yeah, I did. It was it, it was more seeing the emotions Body on language. the people's faces through the rearview mirror, and then translating that into um, into a narrative arc. Uh huh. Wait, so Parth, did you view the film in a similar fashion, or more like on your uh, laptop? I, I watched it on my laptop. So Pablo, uh, what did you uh, give? Give us your give us your initial thoughts. What what'd you think? So I have two prefaces. First of all, I am a sophomore film student, so my imp- opinion should be taken with a grain of salt. Also, mm. I have a lot of difficulty processing um, historical dramas, just because 
you can't really criticize what happens. You can't really criticize the characters. Well, it, it just becomes much harder to because this is something that really happened. So all that considered with my research of the movie, um, I enjoyed it. I thought that it's really useful as a tool to get people to learn more. Um, I would say that I had trouble with some of the editing decisions. I don't know. I just felt that things happened very objectively. There really was no defined character I felt for a lot of the cast. Wouldn't want them to have invented characters for them necessarily, but this kind of gets into territory where I don't quite trust historical dramas because they often do inflate events or just like make shit up from what i from what i read the the only major thing that was changed was like the, the shootout. shootout but but not even like the black panther headquarters shootout it was just like the shootout with the one guy getting chased by police later on where uh sam lasenko was like yeah that just didn't happen i mean it happened it happened but, but it was we, like much less dramatic than it was like what the, was the shown steam in the movie. The yeah, area. But he he said with like the Fred Hampton assassination, it was like everything about the house was like identical. Yeah, I read um even like the stuff that the cops were saying was apparently verbatim to what was testified yeah. in court when they went. I back hear, to hear shoot. what you're saying though uh, about how it's kind of hard to find things criticized when it went. I know if it says that they went to great lengths for historical accuracy. And then you're like, all right, then I'm just insulting reality. Mm-hmm. Or I'm saying that they portrayed that I don't like the character based on the person who I paid money to go see, which, you know, it's not the, it's not the filmmaker's problem for, you know, portraying it accurately. I see your point um, about there not being necessarily developed characters for every per- person in the cast. Um that's maybe one of the things that, and I, I really like this movie. This is probably one of my, uh, what I place it like number four on the best of the year list or something like that. Um, number four. Yeah. So I really, I, I really like this movie, but um, I guess my one issue with it is that sometimes I felt like there wasn't, I felt like there wasn't a clear protagonist in what was going on. It, it, it sometimes felt like, I wasn't it's pretty clear that Lakeith Stanfield's character is supposed to be the protagonist, but you spend so much of the movie not with him. Is that why Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield were both nominated for Best Supporting Actor? I think what it was was a combination of potentially that, but also that um, Daniel Kaluuya slash Lakeith Stanfield had a better chance of winning in the supporting actor category. Well, because we all thought Chadwick Boseman had that thing locked up. And, Although he uh, little, yeah. little little did we know, but yeah. So I mean, I kind of agree. Like I, f- if I had one flaw, it's that sometimes I felt like I didn't know who was leading this movie, and it was like going through the events, sort of. Um, I mean, I think Daniel Kaluuya is my favorite part of this movie. Um, everybody gives good performances, but I think his Oscar is incredibly well deserved. I believe I'm gonna die half the people. I'm gonna die. It'd be very easy for a movie like this to sort of portray what, what I'm trying to say is I, I, I like how much empathy we're given to this character um, and that he's not just portrayed as just the leader. We sort of see him fall in love a little bit and, you know, we see him 
the the struggle between fearing for his life and how much that should um uh, take a part in his actions um versus his work for racial equality there was a few times during my initial viewing of the film where you know it's it's cutting back and forth so many times and and like there's so many side characters and i was like who who is this well, how does it connect to our main storyline how how does it connect to the title character i know it's some some black panther thing but that part in in uh, th- this is me sympathizing with your comment that I was like, who who are we who are we following here? What are what are we doing exactly? Like I know that these things happened, but why are they why are they why are they important? That's kind of what I was talking about with the um with the editing. Cause you know, one minute we're at the the rally and he's giving this impassioned speech and then it's him uh with uh Deborah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you know, they're having passionate dialogue. I just kind of felt like this film juggles a lot of storylines but it doesn't always necessarily lock all of them down so i actually can't imagine the film without the deborah subplot though oh no i'm not saying it shouldn't be there i just think all the only scenes that he has with deborah feels feel purposeful or like in the way that it like the narrative needs this to happen like now we're going to have the talk about your son now we're going to have the talk about I'm not saying that those shouldn't have yeah. been there. I just feel like their relationship is very, uh, I don't know, not terribly explored. I, I, I kind of feel, flirting. I kind of, I kind of agree with you because it kind of feels like her character exists as a function of moving along the plot almost where her only scenes are the ones where it's necessary for her to either give exposition or like emotional exposition so that we understand where his mental state should be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and that's kind of like I I don't know if this is a commonly shared belief but I kind of cared way much m- more about um Fred Hampton's story because I don't know if it was the performance or the writing but I felt like that stuff was way more interesting and so I was a little underwhelmed because I wanted more of that and I thought that the real main story is happening with him and that was the stuff that was really interesting because he's the one that's actually sort of pushing this movement along. And um, I think maybe what it could have been is it felt like it was going for a dual protagonist type deal, but I felt like you didn't get somehow you didn't get enough time with either one of them for them to be considered the, like two halves of the same story, if that makes any sense. I agree. Uh- also, the Jesse Plemons talking, like, with FBI agents when Lakeith Stanfield isn't around feels terribly far away. Yeah. Like, I know that it's a it's a necessary mm. way to con- to convey exposition as to the FBI is, is the is the villain of the story. And you need to get, uh, you, yeah, you need to get their perspective. But it's like, where with, we're like three degrees of separation away from any of the main characters. Yeah. I mean, I guess I see what they were trying to do with, like, even though this guy is obviously bad, he's even he's not sure about how far he's supposed to go with that stuff. But at the same time, it kind of makes me feel weird, only because I feel like that screen time could have been used for another Fred Hampton scene or something like that to give him or his wife more depth. 
Justin I, I thought they were like yeah yeah his, because i feel like they're trying to give him complexity but they don't yeah. give him much complexity beyond he feels kind of bad about the things he's doing he really you know doesn't I mean? need I, I i was just gonna say it seems like they're laying the groundwork for jesse Plemons' character to like come around eventually and he has like some glimmering moments like when he I, I guess in hindsight he was like doing recon or whatever but when he's like the one white guy in the black panther rally and he's clapping along and you know oh. i thought that he was i i thought this was the turning point for his character and then he was like yo draw me a diagram so i can assassinate your friend I, he was there to taunt lakeith stanfield it felt yeah like that, i didn't that's i didn't believe I for a second that he was there i didn't i didn't think that they were trying to show like set the stage for i never got that impression but I did get the impression that they were trying to give him some moral gray area, but they don't. It's it's a weird matter because I don't think the movie's trying to do a green book type thing where white people are just complex. They're not racist. Like, I don't think that's what they were trying we're to do. Too. Exactly. Like, I, I don't think that's what they were trying to do. But the problem is that there's not enough screen time or stuff given to him to make him a complex character and even within the function of his role in the movie it doesn't really add that much to his character to be more complex he's got a son in little league little samantha is nine years old going into this film very similar to the departed i was expecting something of an action film and uh it included like maybe one or two scenes of real action and the rest is people talking in rooms, which I'm down for. But if you see the trailer for this movie, it seems pretty freaking intense. I mean, I, I was I was pretty down for it because I feel like this is a type of I mean, I feel like we've been harping on this movie a lot, but like I do like this movie a lot. I, I, I'm glad this movie got made because it's a type of movie that I hope beyond like historical drama, just in terms of mid budget movies that are um, about adult material. Um, I feel like you don't see as many of those that are really good. And I thought that this was very well made. Um, I thought it was really well shot. I thought, you know, just a well-produced adult movie, if that makes any sense. But also just, you know, as a modern biopic about a black, about a black historical figure who wasn't Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just nice that those are allowed to happen now because, you know, I heard Fred Hampton's name and, you know, I went to public school, so they never elaborated on it. Um, but it, I feel like this was a valuable story that needed telling. And I would hope, you know, there's a, a biopic about every white man who's ever lived. So I, I would hope that there are more of these. So as we said, um, I think it was Daniel Kaluuya was 31 and Lakeith Stanfield is 29. Um, and I didn't realize until the end where in text, it says that he was 17, uh, when he became an informant for the FBI, I didn't realize he was 17. And I, and this is a case where, and, and Lakeith Stanfield's great in the role and in the movie, it's good. But I think having an actual 17 year old and Daniel Kaluuya is even better, um, so I don't know if I'd really want to recast him, but getting people that were younger would really help to show the like utter ridiculousness of the situation because 
when you have Lakeith Stanfield, who's a grown man, being coerced into becoming an informant, that's a very different situation than a 17-year-old being uh, becoming a, an informant. And I think that getting somebody younger would show, you know, the power structures were not equivalent. I mean, you kind of already get that, but showing, yeah, they're they're kids. I mean, they don't they don't really have any ground t- that they're standing on. They try to show it through dialogue just in the first scene where his hat gets knocked off and he and you know the members of the gang were like, "Hey, he's just a kid." And in <sighs> the theater, not knowing that he was supposed to be 17, I was like, "No, he isn't." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I know there's a lot of um controversy over the casting. Like while I do think that they did a great job, this does also perpetuate like how the media uh portrays like black kids as older you know or they try to get them to serve longer sentences and stuff like that so unfortunately i I guess it kind of perpetuates that but i mean that's obviously not the intent so so i was listening to a goodfellas podcast the other day and it isn't said in the text of how old the movie's characters are but they were talking about how old the, the you know the members of the gang were in goodfellas and they were all in like their early 20s and then they were like well joe pesci was 40 and because of that discrepancy it ruins the whole movie for me and i think that goodfellas can get away with it because it doesn't say in the movie hey this guy who's clearly a middle-aged is a teenager as far back as i could remember i always wanted to be a gangster <laughs> And it's also not dealing with gen yeah. like 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 three white men. That, 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 that's a ve- they're not dealing with racial politics or anything like that. That you're dealing with gangsters, and mm-hmm. and and it it's I, like I don't know. Well, it has the the age of the people has a lot more weight, especially exactly. when they're when they're being coerced by the FBI and their children. I think it's less of a problem with Fred Hampton, and it's more of a problem with um for sure with uh with Lakeith, with Lakeith Will- because. Well, I, 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 part of they couldn't agree with you more. That just like it's easier for my brain to understand the like his, 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 like you know his internal conflict when he's a child. Exactly, because it's it's I, I remember as one as once they said that he was seventeen, that changed everything because it it was like while watching the movie, I was like, yeah, but like it's kind of a dick. I mean, it's kind of a dick move. I mean, I understand that he's doesn't have much. But he's an adult, and then finding out that actually no, he's actually like legally not one um, changes your perspective on things. Also, it like it only it functions weird because I'd say if we're picking a main character, it's Judas, um, and he, you're definitely supposed to empathize with him. But at times when you're rooting, you came to see the movie, so you're rooting for the Black Panther Party to succeed, and like. I don't it makes you not like him because you know he's going against their objective. I got to say for the longest time I was really disinterested in his character. I mean like I could tell that by the end he was probably going to regret what he did, but for me it was just yeah, it was a grown man doing some really shitty things and like when he's eating steak and just taking the money and laughing I was like this guy fucking sucks. And I feel as though the movie ends up kind of just dunking on Will O'Neill. Dunking is not the per- correct word, but 
when I think of what the movie is doing to educate me, it's that this happened and Will O'Neill was a really shitty person. Uh, there's nothing in there that allowed me to realize that he was that young and coerced. I mean, it's you know, it's just so much easier then. There were a lot of uh, reviews, and they were like, "We don't like the depiction of the police in this film." And I was like, "I don't, I don't think this movie is really for you." I feel like what's what what would they want different? I I feel like if you love the police, and then with that being said, you aren't huge on minorities, and then you would really enjoy getting to watch all the police kill these minorities. Because if you like the police, then clearly that's what you want. Um, I feel like people who their issue with it was the depiction of police are just kind of beyond help. So yeah, <laughs> their opinion is not really valid. But I, I saw numerous reviews that were upset um, at kind of like the whitewashing of the Black Panther movement, um, which I'm not an expert, but I don't know. I, I think some people wanted it to be more about the Rainbow Coalition and about like educate because the point of this seems to be education, this movie. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were thinking, you know, does this function? Is it engaging enough that people will actually want to research what happened or does it placate the audience? Which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably wouldn't go so far as to say it placates them because there's not really any I wouldn't closure. Say that. Because there's no real closure at the end. Um, but the things that happen do seem to be represented as things that just happened. Chicago's the most segregated city in America. Not Shreveport. Not Birmingham. But we're here to change that. The Black Panthers, the Young Lords, and the Young Patriots are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. I, I like it that at the very least the movie doesn't do a, um, this is so horrible, this all happened in the past, um, and you can remove yourself from it. I kind of like that because mm-hmm. it gives, when movies do that, it gives a false sense of progression in like, Real. Yeah, it's, it's a look at how far we've come. The green book. Yeah, Ex- exactly. And so I kind of like that. I think there's something interesting to be said about the whitewashing of the Black Panther Party in the movie. I don't think I'm the person to say anything about it. Um, I mean, people were saying because it was released think... through Warner Brothers that there were probably sacrifices that had to be made just because it was a large studio with probably a white man I... at the helm. With with stuff like that, it's a little difficult because it's like, I'm sure there were, but I I feel like this is as strong of an indictment you're going to get on this level for now, and until and I mean that's the, I guess that's what they're critiquing. Yeah, I'm I'm not the person to speak on this. Is 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 probably what's best the best way I can say it. Tonally, this film reminded me a lot of Black Klansmen. Mm. Really? I, disagree. I thought I Black Klansman was way more of a funny, like it was meant to be more um, comedic than Black Klansman. Oh, well, Black Klansman definitely 
got rid of that tone by the end. I mean, when things got serious, I don't know. What would we say is the more successful? I mean, is it fair to compare them? I don't know. Ron Stallworth calling. I saw your advertisement in the Colorado Springs Gazette. I'm interested in receiving some reading materials from you. I mean, I think, I guess they're both movies about social justice in terms of like racial social social justice, but... I think they're um, both attempting to tell untold stories. They are, but I think, I mean, this is an actual untold story and Black Klansman is a fabricated untold story. I thought... Yeah, I thought it was based... It I mean, is. It it's based. It's based on a true it story. It is based. It's it's based on a true story. It is not a true story. There was a Ron Stallworth. Basically, the entire third act is all fabricated. That never actually happened. And lots of elements of the story are disparate um, elements of real reality that were cobbled together to make that. And also, it should be noted. And I like Spike Lee a lot, but it should be noted that. That movie got, I think, $200,000 by the NYPD. Um, so when it comes to funding of the movie, I'm 100% sure there were things that were um, toned down. And I mean, the movie kind of, that movie kind of ends with a, you know, it's, it's, it's also meant to be an uneasy ending, but it also is like, oh, like I'm going to try to solve things from the inside. I, I didn't know that police departments for major cities had uh, space in their budget yeah, to, to fund movies. For, yeah, to, to fund movies. <laughs> like, should I knock on on the Middletown Police Department store and be like, I've been working on this short film. You guys are going to love it. It'll have to be propaganda or copganda, but sure, you, you could. I don't think Black Klansman I, was copganda. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say necessarily. I would say, like, unfortunately, it operates through the police department virtuously, but it definitely isn't pro-cop. Yeah, I... I, I... Yeah, after it, the, I lose like it, know, as it stands like, as an institution. Yeah, after you know the recent Black Lives Matter. I mean, just uh, the general public looks at the police department in such a different light, and it's kind of weird, like watching you know detective movies because you're like, I don't because you wouldn't think that detectives would be the perpetrators of these hateful acts, but you're like, no, no, you're you're a police officer too, and now I can't watch Seven anymore, and it makes me sad. I mean, you still can. I I think you still can. It's one thing to... um, Cop movies are of themselves a genre of movie in terms of, like, there's a murder and someone has to solve it. It's interesting to see where that goes in terms of how people view cops as a whole, but I think the genre itself also generally involves the cops can't get it done, some outside investigator has to solve this. It's, It's very rarely... Or like someone off the books or something like that. And usually the police is... are kind of a roadblock to the detective. Exactly. I feel like you're in our territory. And... But yeah. I saw but... some review of this movie that was like, that called out that one cop that had a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Really? But that was pretty funny. Is the problem because they're in Chicago? Yeah. That's fair. Well, uh, have so... we, have we come, to- has it come time to rate this movie, Trent, Pablo? 
Yeah, um, I feel like we haven't said really a whole lot of positive things, but uh, as you think you're about to find out in the rating section, we really like this film. Or I don't. Uh, that, that, no, I mean, I, I think with this, it's it's difficult because it's like I really liked it, but the things that I liked, there's not so much to say about. It's like it was directed well, it was shot well, the actors were really good, and it was for the most part written pretty well. I, but, I, I one minor element I wanted to speak on was I don't know if it would be considered the score or the soundtrack, but uh, there are some needle drops and some you know just like background of like a, of like a bass string going that i think are most beautiful mm. and i didn't want yes. i didn't want to leave the pod without mentioning them yes pablo uh yeah i'm going to do it like film club um i what did you guys think about the callback edits like remember this guy like uh Which... When he sees the guy who saw him s- attempt to steal the uh, car, uh, and also when they, I thought that was going to come guy, back again. It it I, I, did come back once, but it was, I, it was entirely I, unnecessary. I think I I think the flashback edits are kind of a cheap trick, especially it's just to remind the lowest common denominator member of the audience, hey, this is exactly where this guy's from, even though. He says a line like, oh, you were dressed like Dick Tracy. And then there was a whole after scene where, you know, he's in- interrogated by the woman about like, oh, how'd you get this car? Thus explaining every, you know, what what was felt required to be over explained. I feel like if you need a flashback edit, it you probably could have fleshed out that character if they're that important earlier. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't even supposed to be the guy who got his car stolen. He said, "Hey, you're the guy who stole my friend's car." And then they they did the flashback to just some guy stabbing the knife through his roof because he was just one of the cronies. Well, there were multiple. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really mind that because I. I well, think... it, it was quick. They didn't replay the whole scene. Yeah, I have a problem. My I don't really mind when movies do that because I think it's sort of an interesting way to change up the editing rhythm of a scene. Um. I don't like it when movies use like they put like an effect on the audio and like somebody says a line of dialogue, but it's remember when this happened. Like I don't, I don't yeah. like when it's when it's, it's like distorted, that. so you it, know it it's could have just past. been the picture. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it, what the other flash um, back mm. was when they were talking about um, the other guy that was hired by the CIA. Um, I think he was security also. Yeah, mm. uh, the 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 George Sam's guy who yes who, Sam's yes who killed it, it was the FBI informant who killed someone else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's well, let's play the famous uh segment. Trent's confused. Parth explains. Um, here's the scene where literally to this day no idea what's going on. Uh, Pablo, if you have any general clue what's going on, feel free to chime in. It's the scene where a member of the Black Panther Party goes to, like, some guy, he's an older gentleman's, like, mobile home, and he's like, yeah, my friend's in the hospital, and I need your help somehow, and he's like, no, go away, and then it's never referenced again. What's that all about? The one where he Do calls you... the police on him? Um, I don't know, it, it's, I don't know if he calls the police, but they're outside, 
and I think he's like, "Yo, you need to do an open in an open investigation on what happened here." And he's like, "I'm not interested. Go away, please." I think the guy in the trailer was also an operative. Yeah. Oh wait, could could he have been the op the operative guy from the end? Because I was originally very confused about that guy too. Oh, the the guy the guy yeah, who, the guy in the bar who's like, "Hey, you know how you're a, an informant?" I'm I hesitate to call him a pimp, but he was dressed like a pimp. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what's what that's what was going on. I I can't I mean, remember I, currently, but I, yeah. I I think that last scene, especially since it's unknown as to who poisoned him, takes a big uh, a big leap. By inventing this character and giving him poison to give to the main character. Yeah. I think that this movie wait, has... Say you... that again? Basically, since it's... What? You... Wait, what? Since it's unconfirmed as to if William O'Neill played a role in poisoning um, Fred Hampton, thus the story needed to create this pimp-looking guy to give him the poison. And I was saying that that is the biggest narrative leap that they are asking us to go on to sh- in terms of straying from the known facts. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess so. Um, Pablo, did you have something, or do we want to go into rating? Oh, I mean, I was just going to say that I feel like this movie has you do a lot of the inference yourself. Like, they don't really go into detail about how Will O'Neill came to join the Black Panthers or uh, rise above their ranks. You know, I don't know if these things are better left unsaid. Uh, They do get the story moving quicker, but I think as far as, like, the trailer guy goes, you just... You've already been rolling with the punches throughout the runtime, so... Oh, I have one last comment to make, and then we sure. can go into our ratings. Um, I think one thing I thought while watching the movie a lot was that I wanted more scenes with Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. Yep. Because I thought that a lot of that ending emotional, like him choosing to assassinate him or, or poison him, I thought it was effective, but it th- I thought that they were trying to get more out of it than we were actually getting because it's meant to be super emotional because he doesn't want to do it. But we haven't actually seen that many scenes of the two of them interacting, which is why I felt like it might be better to just have it be a Fred Hampton movie where he's the main character because then yeah. you don't have to. You, you know what I mean? I don't know. That that, yeah. that was kind of my thought on the matter. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that they're friends. He's kind of just drives... He, I mean, his way in was that he drives him around. And then, you know, he's at the meetings. And at best, he's the security officer. But yes, I mean, for the emotional response, they, uh, the, the, the movie did have to make them seem closer than, than they may I have th- been. I think you could have just had a few more scenes. I mean, you don't need well, to... Well, also, they're the you don't, you don't need to You don't need to lie about how much you know what how close they were but you can just have more scenes of them at that relationship level to to give some more connection to them because the problem is that they're two 
like stories that never really intersect too much. And uh, on the other hand, they're the they're just the powerhouse actors, and so naturally mm-hmm. you want to see their dynamic with one another. And for the majority of the film, they interact very little. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm gonna go first with my rating. Um, uh, I think. Thinking about it, I think I have more problems than I thought I did when I initially saw it. Um, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. I think that's fair. Despite it being my number two movie of the year, my most recent watch, uh, however enjoyable, was a, a little bit slow. And I will I will give it a 7. I Pablo, feel like I'm going to have to up. neglect to Good give turn. this a rating. Did oh. it go no, 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 Pavel! Come on, baby! Come on! You, you would be our first guest to just so openly ignore the. Uh, first, you say I you haven't listened like to the what... podcast. Then you fail to abide by the feel, rules of the I podcast. Just feel like what, 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 what's net... your What's your basis for withholding? I just feel like the net worth of this movie outweighs its technical flaws. I mean, this is the kind of situation I run into when I watch historical dramas. Like, I'd almost rather watch a documentary about it so I can get, you know, I mean, because if I would watch a a biopic or, you know, a narrative version of this, it would be to get a handle on their character, you know, or, you know, some kind Mm. of character development, which I feel like there wasn't too much of. Um, if, If I have to assign a number to it, I don't know. Like a, a six, maybe. I don't think the technical elements are the problem. Like I think the cinematography is beautiful. Oh, well, not uh, the cinematography. I, guess, I I I think it's more like pacing and character. I'd say are, is where our issues lie. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean the need to justify. I didn't have too much of a pacing being... issue, but I did have. Yeah. I I mean, if you're going to take the leap and make a biopic instead of a documentary i feel like your subjects need to be need to have characters yeah Uh, although it is nearly impossible to make a documentary that's you know uh does well at the box office so i understand if you're just trying to get the story out there but at the end of the day warner brothers is a business and uh you know, if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna tell a story about a historical black leader, they better make hella bills. Well, on that note, um, making hella bills—that's what we do here on Craft Services, and um, we we also are in the business of making hella episodes. Do we 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 have an episode coming out next week? Is that an interview? Is that for Before Sunrise with perhaps script supervisor? Uh, Monica Petrillo, is that a thing that's happening? Yeah, I'd say perhaps next Sunday we'll be interviewing, or we already have interviewed, but we'll be releasing our interview with, like Parth alluded to, the uh, script supervisor from Before Sunrise. And if you heard our winks from before, we... No, 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 Trent, Trent, wait, that, that's not happening until after. Don't, don't, don't tease that, because we have to release the slate and then... Wait, Trust did me. it bad it? You don't want to talk about Yeah, because we were... we're no, because we're talking about Steve Jobs first. Alrighty. Okay. So just so just so just tease. Just tease this. Wait. Next so one. It, can I Steve? Can I can I tease Steve Jobs? No, don't d- tease Steve Jobs on the next one. Okay. 
Um, Maybe I'll watch that one. <laughs> wait, as in, uh, wait, as in, wait, because you watch this movie, but are you saying maybe you'll listen to that episode? Wait, Pablo, <sighs> would you be more likely to listen to this episode since you're on it? Because I'm that, on it. Does that make it better <laughs> or worse for you? Probably worse, but. All right, try and get, get, just be like. When do you listen to a podcast? Me? No, like, I mean, like, what, what, like. What time of day? Well, like, what, when you're doing what? Because I would, if I was taking the bus or something, I'd probably listen well, to when it. I'm, bus, when I'm but... driving, especially. Like. Um, All right, Pablo, no offense. We don't have time for this <laughs> chit chat. So I'm just going to have to do, I'm just going to have to do my job and, and me and my lava lamp are going to just do this outro. All right. Just say, yeah, we're getting, yeah, okay. in case you, just to redo the alluded part. Um, yeah, yeah, as Parth alluded to, we'll be discussing, uh, or we interviewed Monica Petrillo, the script supervisor from Before Sunrise, and, uh, she was really swell, right, Parth? Yeah, I like she her. Was, she was, like, a cool, interesting lady. I'd say so. And maybe she circumnavigated Australia in a plane and was the first woman to do so. Maybe. I don't know. You'll find out next week on Craft Services. It's it's our pot. We have a movie podcast. Craft Services. Thank the you, Pablo, for coming on. Yeah, Pablo, Thanks for having um, me, fellas. Do you wanna? It was. Are you gonna listen? Do you like podcasting now? Have you turned a new leaf? You know, I think I've turned around. Yeah. Are you gonna listen to to our our all of our episodes now? Like you're gonna go back through the whole catalog? Yeah, you have a, you well, have a lot of you have a lot of catching up to do. You've made me a podcast person, but maybe not this podcast. 